Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Deep Water Podcast, eh? I decided in order to make this podcast a little more international, I would speak in an accent today. Just kidding. So you ever have one of those experiences or where you hear someone say something to the effect of, and I've probably said it somewhere myself, in fact I know I have, but said something to the effect of, you know, I'd rather I'd rather be, believe that there's a God and then die and find out there wasn't than not believe there was a God and die and find out there was. And while there's a part of me even saying it today, it's like, well, maybe that is true. Actually, I'm going to challenge it with this idea of a verse that that's not true. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. So there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, and it says this. It says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Think about that. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. What is what's that saying? It's it's kind of it's like the opposite idea of that of like well I'd rather I'd rather think there was a God and there not be than think there wasn't a God and there is. Now I definitely I I'm definitely not saying to think there was a was not a God and then there was. That's going to be really horrible for those people who find themselves spending an eternity in hell. That is you know ugh, it's hard for me to even imagine how horrible that is. But the other side of it, when we say those type of things of like, I'd rather I'd rather believe there was God than find out there wasn't. It's like the opposite of what this verse is saying. And the reason it's saying this, when the Apostle Paul writes this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's he's writing it from the assumption that if we believe, if we have this hope in Christ, that we're living our life in a different way. In such a way that, like, it really is, like, man, we're to be pitied that we spend our life this way if there is no no hope in Christ. The opposite is, like, let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die, you know, like, let's get as much enjoyment out of this life. But if you're living that kind of life that says, I'm going to pick up my cross daily and follow Jesus, well, then it really would be a huge tragedy to think we had hope in Christ and to find out that it was all for naught. Or the other side, of course, is it would be to have hope in Christ and then find out Christ had not risen from the dead and we were still in our sins. But it's kind of this idea of how are you living. Now, if you live a culturalized Christianity that sacrifices nothing, gives up nothing, uh, spends a few hours of a week here and there, uh, adopts a, uh, a slight moral code when it's convenient, that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about if we really believe that we have hope in Christ, we have to be living differently. We have to be taking up our cross and following Jesus. We have to be suffering, unfortunately, because the the need is so great. This last weekend, uh, we got to go worship with a congregation in the middle of the Texas panhandle that's mainly internationals, mainly people from uh, the country of Burma. 
And uh, it was this great time. And as we were going there, we just had some uh, some Alan Jackson worship songs. He has a, a worship album, a bunch of old hymns. And it was just great. And as I was singing it and just thinking about it, really, I was like, man, God, like I want to spend my life letting people know about you and letting people know how great you are. But the other side of things is, man, I get tired. Man, I get weary. Man, I want to give up sometimes. And it made me think, there was years ago, a buddy and I planned on running a marathon. And we began training for it. And uh, then this was in the service and in the army. And I got we got both got deployed. And so I never got back around to it. I think he did and probably ran a few of them. But he, he was a little bit more into it than me. And he'd tell you, and anyone who runs a marathon will tell you, that there's something called the 20-mile wall. And you'd think, you know, like, man, if you can run 20 miles, you can run 26. What's it matter? But lots of people say, man, that first 20 miles, you're doing good. And you're like, man, I can do this. And then at 20 miles, you hit this wall. And it's like, oh, and it's like every step takes so much energy. And you just want to die and you want to quit. And um, But you got to keep pushing through it. And, and eventually, if you do push through it, then you can finish your marathon. And it made me think about that in the Christian life that, that really is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And there's so many times in my walk and observing the walk of other people that we we go in sprints. We sprint a minute, we get really up to speed, and we sprint a while, and then we get burned out and we crash and we go down, we go too far down, and then we sprint again. We're like, man, this is not where I want to be. And we sprint, 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 and then we, we get too high and we crash again. I remember one time I, this was, way back in the day when I still exercised and I was going out for a voluntary jog and uh, there were some people visiting us and I think their son was, he was somewhere between six and eight and he wanted to run with me and I was like, okay, you know, I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just jog really slow. But he really, he, this kid, he had no idea of the concept of pacing. And so he would, he would run as fast as he could and then he'd stop and then run as fast as he could and stop. We went a couple hundred, hundred yards and I was like, ah, let's turn around. You know, this isn't going to work. So I wanted to run eh, a little over a mile that day. That's a little how it is with the the Christian walk. And as we disciple people, especially new believers, there is that tendency to like sprint and then plummet. <laughs> Go back up and sprint and then plummet. And part of us is is learning to teach them to pace themselves. Don't jump into every single Christian activity. Don't volunteer at every single thing at your church. Like, pace yourself and decide what's the right things and add things a little bit more slowly. Like, it's okay to be excited and it's okay to be zealous. And, you know, let a just like we let a kid be a kid, you can let a, a spiritual kid be a spiritual kid. But we're moving them on towards maturity. We're moving on to the part where you can, you can do more than a 25-yard dash, where you can run a half mile, and then where you can run a mile, and then where you can run five miles, and then where you can run a marathon. And it's it's about continuous, continuous working. And it's about as opposed to, you know, sitting down to try to memorize a chapter of the Bible in the beginning. I mean, if you can do it and you're motivated, that's great. But instead of trying to add a chapter a week, well, let's add, let's add a verse a week, but let's do it for the next five years or two verses a week or whatever. Do something that's sustainable. And then for those of us that are, that are mature and that we've been going a while, I think a lot of times we get into that. It's kind of like a rut. You get discouraged or you, you haven't seen God work in a while in a way that you really, really want to see him work. You get discouraged. It's kind of like hitting that 20-mile wall, and you're just like, 
oh, and every step seems, you're weary, and every step seems to be a trial. But if we continue, if we persevere, we get the reward that's stored up for us. And it really is the greatest thing. And when, when the Apostle Paul is saying this, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we're to be pitied more than all men, he's saying, he's talking about some people who, who say there's no resurrection from the dead. And what he, the ultimate the ultimate thing, the next verse says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So Christ is worth it. He's worth everything. And he's worth sacrificing in this life. He's worth uh, giving up things in this life in order to follow him. And I wish I could tell you that I, I speak this out of a perfect uh, perfect followership of Jesus. And I, I don't do that. And I still have my wafflings of like, oh, man, it'd really be nice to have this or this or, you know, focus on something else. But really the core key feature of our lives in Christ should be a following and a pursuit of Jesus. Those long, steady strides of following after Jesus. I remember the maybe the only marathon I, I ever watched, the Oklahoma City Marathon. And the guy that won it, this crazy, it was his first marathon ever. And he ran it. I did the math later, and he did it just a little bit over five minutes a mile, somewhere between five minutes and five minutes and 30 seconds a mile. So first, I don't know if I've ever ran a mile that fast, maybe once or twice, maybe, never five. But it was this, and even when he came in, it was just kind of this beautiful, beautiful side of these long, beautiful strides, and it looked like he could have just kept going for who knows how many miles. You know, and that's what we want to get to. We want to train up to ourselves towards these long, beautiful strides, following Christ with all focus and attention. And what that looks like in your life and my life might be a little different, but it's always going to look like taking up our cross and following him. And it really is true then that if we're taking up our cross, we're bearing the instrument of death upon us. If Christ isn't real, man, we're to be pitied more than all people. Why would we bear this instrument of death? if there is no God. But the fact is that there is a God. His name is Jesus, and he died for us. And we take up that cross in the hopes of what, what we have in the resurrection and the joy and love. Um, I believe it's Hebrews 12 that says, talking about Jesus, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And that's us. For the joy set before us, the joy of what's coming, the joy of, of fellowship with Jesus. We pick up our cross daily, and we follow him. And we teach our disciples to do the same thing. It's a challenge, but it's good, and it's worth it. And I may not ever run a physical marathon. I would say it looks less and less likely all the time. But I am running a spiritual marathon, and I'm at it. I'm going to keep going. As Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I want that to be true of me. I want to be able to say that when I die. That's what I got for you today. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. We will see you later. 